So you know how everybody gives you the same few pieces of marketing advice? And you know how you've tried them all, but haven't moved the needle? Yeah, we know the feeling. You already get what to do, but you can't seem to execute your marketing the way that others do. Well, those days are over. This podcast is for those who are ready to rework age-old marketing wisdom into a repeatable system that actually works every time, even if you've already tried it all before. I'm Steve Schramm, and this is Marketing for the Rest of Us. This is the unfair advantage for online entrepreneurs. Hello, my friends, and welcome into another episode of Marketing for the Rest of Us. Did you know that everything except individual creativity is a commodity? Everything. I think this is true, except individual creativity is a commodity. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, it's important to realize, first of all, what a commodity is. Well, I'm not going to you know, give you some sort of scientific definition here. Basically, the idea is, you know, commodity is something that there is an abundance of availability on. I mean, you could choose, for example, any kind of bread, right, that you want. When you go to the store, bread is a commodity, okay? It's something that um, you don't necessarily need. I mean, I don't eat very much bread at all in my diet, so you don't need bread. It's something that you you want. And a lot of times you are just going to get the cheapest priced one that you can. Now, you know, maybe you want to, using the bread analogy, really, maybe you want some very specific bread for a very specific meal and you're willing to pay more for that. Okay, fine. But, but maybe then that bread is competing on something else other than price, okay? So most of the time, it's like when we go to Walmart, we're buying the 88 cent walmart bread and that's good for our family and good for many many others you know we'd rather do that than spend a dollar 99 or whatever it is on the other name brand bread and right it's because bread is a commodity now shifting gears like to another completely different sort of vertical but still to prove the point is website design okay now i'm in the website design business, but I'm also in the digital marketing business. And the reality is, is that for many people, thanks to companies like Wix and Squarespace, web design has become a commodity. It's a race to the bottom. It's something that is available in abundance. You could get it anywhere. You could do it yourself. You could go on, on Fiverr or you could go on Upwork and hire people for mere hundreds of dollars to stand up a web page for you. And so when you compare that against the value of somebody who brings to the table, you know, a website designed for for three, four, five, or or even ten thousand dollars, there's a big hurdle there in trying to sell that sort of thing, trying to get that sort of value across. Now I don't know what it is that you do. This is a a a marketing podcast where we teach through my uh, different elements of my crest process, right? That That's the the bottom line. So I'm not marketing to a particular niche. So in whatever you do, I don't know what it is. You know, you might be doing online courses or you might have a physical store or maybe even franchises, multiple locations. I, you know, I don't know what it is that you do. But whatever it is that you do, you must realize that the commodity game is a losing game. It is. 
it's just a losing game. Now, this is going to hit directly to, to towards info marketers, um, you know, pretty heavily, but not necessarily. And there are ways, no matter what your business is, to decommoditize yourself. For example, Domino's came on the scene. There were other pizza options available. There were cheaper pizza options available. But they didn't, they, they didn't bank on that. What they did was they came into the game and said, look, if you order a Domino's pizza, then we're going to get it hot and it's going to be fresh and it'll be ready and it'll be delivered to your door in 30 minutes or less. And that's guaranteed. So that's what they decided to do, and it grew their business substantially. So I, I think based on these examples and, and stories that I've given you, I think we can draw from these things three principles practically that you can use to design a business that embraces this idea that everything ultimately, except for individual creativity, is a commodity. You are a human being, I believe, created by God, and you have the power to be creative. You have the power to create something from nothing. You can think something, and then mere days or weeks later, it becomes something in the real world. Any of you who've started a business, you've done this. You had the inkling of an idea, and then turned that into something that has become a, a business and a supporter of your family and a creator of jobs and a, a stimulator of the economy. I mean, it's really crazy and it's an amazing responsibility. So we, we do need to steward it well, okay? And that means we need to manage it well. We need to manage well this gift of creativity that we've been given. And because we have this gift of creativity, we don't have to fall for the cheap idea that what we do has to be reduced to a commodity even if we're in a business where a lot of times it has been. I mean, in fact, the whole impetus for starting this podcast, right, the Crest framework that I developed was a way to decommoditize my own business. Other people do similar services, but nobody does what I do, right? It's, it's something unique, and it's something that I created, and it has allowed me to take my business to entirely new levels. So let's talk about this, okay? Let me give you three things that, uh, that you can do here to really help decommoditize your business and start exercising, exercising your, your creativity in what you're doing. The first thing is, and this should be no shopper surprise, is to stop competing on price. Stop competing on price. Dan Kennedy always says that there's no strategic advantage to being the second lowest price leader in town. Now, what does that mean? Well, what it means is that if you've got uh, Walmart right here, for example, let's just use them, it, it, and they have the lowest prices or whatever, it's no strategic advantage to you to be a little bit more expensive than Walmart. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. So if you're going to compete on price, in order to win, think about this, in order to win the price competition, you must, by definition, be the cheapest. So you must either value your work the least, or you must just swallow your pride and you, you, maybe you think your work is, is valuable, but you go ahead and, um, and, and, and vote against yourself by going ahead and cheapening your prices because you think that you could beat the other person out if you did that. So again, if you're going to be the absolute cheapest, okay, fine. You're going to need to structure your business in such a way that you can financially 
uh, make that make sense. But if you're going to be the second cheapest, then don't compete on price at all. In fact, and you may think this is this is wild, but I guarantee you, you test it out, uh, you you just might see some success with this. What happened? What would happen if you were the most expensive instead? If there's if there's no advantage to being the second lowest, then you might as well be the most expensive, right? That's the idea. So don't compete on price. If you're going to compete on price at all, become the most expensive premium option. Charge for your time, because your time is valuable or whatever. Charge for your product as a as as the value that it brings and add things to your product. Create actual offers instead of just offering one-off products to make the product itself more valuable and justify a higher price point. So don't compete on price. When you compete on price, it's a race to the bottom, and the only person who wins is the very cheapest. And again, you know, it's a question of whether or not that person actually wins. You know, in the example of Walmart that I brought out, I mean, that's an example of somebody who I think it's fair to say they they have won um, at the low price game. But it doesn't always work for everyone. So consider that, especially in your business, it may not be a feasible thing to do that. Okay, the second thing is to offer specific and massive value. To offer specific and massive value. Now, why specific and massive? Okay, well, it should be clear enough that if you offer a product or service, value is important. You must offer value to the potential prospect, okay, to your potential customer or client or patient, whoever it is that you're serving, okay? But the notion of value can be sort of esoteric, right? It's kind of hard to put a pin on. So I think that whenever you're thinking about the value that you offer, you want it to be specific and you want it to be massive. Okay. So if, if you offer, for example, um, a web design service like me, I, I offer web design services, yes, marketing, but also web design. I, in my business have a very specific and massively valuable way that I present my web design services and they allow me to charge more for them. And I'll just tell you what it is. So in our business, we create websites that do, okay? Websites that do. Our websites do something. They, they don't just sit. They're not brochures. They're not just there to be a visually appealing entrance to a brand or to a business, okay? That's not why they're there. Our websites are there to do lead generation, sales funnels, directories, advanced forms, email campaigns, uh, support campaigns. We do this preponderance of things with a website that is specific. It's specific in that it's a website that actually does something that cr creates or produces a business result for those who hire us. So that's the deal. And we do this in a massive way, meaning that like this is just what we do for everyone and we do a really good job. So we show up, we communicate well, and yeah, we, we provide specific and, and massive value on this thing that takes us away from being a commodity. So we don't compete on price. We know we're not the cheapest. I've turned down work plenty of times because they were interested in, in just a cheap brochure site. And the fact is there are many places you can go to get cheap brochure site. And we're just not the best fit for that. We're, we're frankly too busy, right? So when we create a website, now we want it to be a website that actually does something because that is the way that we can show up 
and offer specific and massive value. And again, see how those things work together. We don't compete on price. And because we don't compete on price, we can afford to charge more because we're offering that specific and massive value. The final piece of the puzzle here, the final practical thing that you can do is coming up in just a moment. Listen, if you are listening on a podcast, I would love for you to go leave a review. Look, podcasts spread by word of mouth. And I think the message we're talking about here is important. So let's get this out to your friends. Let's get this out. Are there, is there one, two, or three people that you feel would benefit from listening to this podcast? Tell them about it. It's the primary way that podcasts spread. I'm a digital marketer. Trust me. I know I've tried all the tricks in the book. I would, uh, I would do certain of them if they, you know, more if they worked, but they don't. Um, the best way to get a podcast found is by you to share it. So if you find value of on this, then I would love for you to do that. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a like, give us a comment, subscribe to the channel for more content like this. Okay. All right, here we go. Let's dive into the final piece of the puzzle here. And that is this, to draw your own line in the sand. Okay. To draw your own line in the sand. And what I mean here is take a stand on something. Your vibe attracts your tribe and people who just float in the middle are not interesting. They're not interesting. They're not polarizing enough. So in your business, you need to be what Russell Brunson likes to call the attractive character or, or, or the business has to have, even if it's not you, an attractive character, somebody that they are drawn to. The company needs to take a stand, draw a line in the sand so that you can attract the right customers for your business. In my business, there are a few things like this uh, working. I mean, one of them for sure is that we're a Christian-owned business. And so we take a stand on some issues that other people would um, not take a stand on. And, you know, if you're going to work with our company, then you're going to have to be willing to work within those confines, right? And But but that line that we draw is what also feeds our values of integrity and communication and scheduling work and doing things decently and in order, like, all of these things work together because we take a stand and we draw a line in the sand somewhere. What is it in your business that you draw a line in the sand on? What do you stand for? What can you say, yes, this is where we plant our flag. We're not moving from this to be attractive as you put content into the world, as you create ads, as you write blogs or whatever it is that you're going to do, as you network with people. Where, what, what kind of leadership? can you bring to the table? That's really the question that I'm getting at here. What kind of leadership can you bring to the table? Do you lead people through the process of your product and or service? And do you do it in a way that draws a line in the sand, takes a stand somewhere and tells your customer or client or patient or whatever that they are in the right place? That is the question. And if they know they're in the right place, they will do business with you. And if they feel like they're not in the right place, then they may eventually do business with you or they may not. And you might have to move on from that particular prospect or lead, right? So that's the idea. So let me recap these again. Again, the overarching point here is that ultimately everything except for individual creativity is a commodity, okay? Everything except individual creativity, what you bring to the table is a commodity. So stop competing on price. Start offering specific and massive value in your products and services, and then plant your flag somewhere, right? Draw a line in the sand, take a stand for something that's important to you, and you will link up with other people 
to whom it is also important. Okay, you guys take care. I hope this has been an informative and helpful episode. Can't wait to see you on the very next one.